back to Allen AF Podcast. You know what it stands for. The raw, uncut version of myself, man. Giving you the realness. The realness. I hope y'all have been having a nice week, man. We had, um, I was actually stranded on the Atlantic Ocean because of the hurricane. I was stranded out in the Atlantic Ocean on a cruise ship. I was working, doing comedy on the cruise ship and on Carnival. And, um... We were supposed to get in Friday, but the hurricane tore up Florida. So we uh, was out there, in, uh, you know, in the ocean for an extra day. And I had to do extra shows for the, for the people. And, you know, performing for these people, and they don't know they have, if they have a home or not when they get home. It was, it, was, it was wild. It ended up being a really good show, though. You know? So, yeah. Performing for those people, man, it was so much fun. So much fun. It wasn't fun being stranded, though. When you have it in your head that you're going home, an extra day anywhere is not good. An extra day, it's not good. When you're thinking you're going home, well, ain't nowhere like home. So I had to stay an extra day. But, you know, thank God everything was good. Extra day and a half. Yeah. I felt every minute of that day and a half, too. So today, I'm going to talk about, man, you know, when I met my wife, she, um, you know, she was dope. When I met my wife, she was dope. And we met, it was, it was amazing the way it was Christmas, it was Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, I was leaving the gym. I was out here by myself in LA, you know, single. I cut off all women I was dealing with for at least about two months. I got I got rid of my stable for about two months. And you know, I was just tired of everyone. And you when when you living in LA, man, the your selection is broad when it comes to hooking up, but your selection is slim when it comes to substance. Because, you know, every LA is a selfish place. It's a huge City, but it's a selfish place because everybody is about what can you do for me. So uh, I was tired of the no substance. So I just cut everybody. If I, I, I do this, I, you know, every few years or whatever, you know, you get yourself a nice little stable of a few women, and then you say I got a clean house. So in the process of me cleaning house, well, after I didn't clean the house for about two months. I'm walking to my car after the gym, sweaty. Just got it in. This is before the pandemic, so body was looking good, looking like, you know, body was looking like I wish a nigga would, but I really don't wish somebody would because I'm too old to be out here fighting. But I was decent. I was nice, you know, nice in shape. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I saw this lady on the corner, street corner. She had just, my wife just left work. This was she used to work at the bank before she opened up a practice. She just left um, the office on Christmas Eve. She was out in LA, in LA by herself too. Who goes to work on Christmas Eve? She went to work on Christmas Eve. The banks were closed. She was in the office on Christmas Eve. And uh, she was on her way to the movies. So I saw her in the corner trying to look all, you know, discreet, you know, trying to, you know, she got a 
long sweater hiding her ass. She has uh, her hair was in. My wife used to have this big curly afro, and she had her hair in two knots, you know, on the side of her head, whatever. And just trying, you know, how you just go out hoping you don't run into no someone. That's how she looked. Like she was hoping she didn't run into anyone. That's how she looked. Like I'm just running out to, some, you know, running to some errands, going to the office, and. I ain't trying to look, you know, look for, you know, be be seen by anyone. And uh, so I crossed the street and I said something fly to her. <laughs> I said, it wasn't fly, it was goofy. It was goofy. You know, because I seen a sister down, downtown L.A. And I usually don't see that, you know. And then she, you know, she was attractive. You could tell she was attractive, but she was trying to be low key. Um, and I said to her something like, I think I said, like, look, I am... Um, can I ask you a question? She was like, yeah. I said, I go to the gym all the time and I eat right, you know, and I work out. But how can I get a booty like yours? And she laughed hard. And then I was like, okay, check. You got a sense of humor. You didn't get offended. You got a sense of humor. Because I said it to this one girl in the gym once, and she laughed. Then she got offended. I'm like, pick, pick one. How you going to laugh and then get offended? Choose one. Either you're going to get offended or you're going to laugh. But just one. You can only have one. So she laughed and got offended. Well, anyway, my wife just laughed. And then we um we walked to the car, to the car, to the to the uh, structure, parking lot. And, you know, I was kicking it. We talked for an hour and a half, man. I was just, you know, me and her both. It wasn't no gang being, being spit. No games was being played. We were just having a genuine conversation. Found out we was both from Detroit. You know, we clicked. It was cool. She had to go because she had to go to the movies, but I didn't want her to go. So I'm like, damn, this girl is something special, something different, you know? That's how I felt. And, you know, I was always worried, you know, wondering for that other shoe to drop, and it never did. I was trying to find out something about her, like, you know. Yeah, you, you was in them streets, though. Nah, she wasn't in them streets. You know, not in a club life, wasn't in them streets. I was like, okay, why are you single? You kind of crazy. You wasn't crazy. All right, so I couldn't find a shoe to drop. Then I found that shoe. I found out why she was still single with no kids, looking this good. I found out why. She never seen Purple Rain. My wife never watched Purple Rain. Ever in her life has she watched Purple Rain. I know that seems small to some people. Like, it's just a movie. Let me tell you something. There are certain movies in my childhood that have shaped me, okay? Purple Rain was one of them, damn it. Purple Rain was my movie when I was coming up as a kid, dude. Purple Rain? Let me tell you something. Yeah, Prince was real feminine in the movie, you know what I mean? Uh, but I was young. I ain't know nothing. Prince was the man. When he's riding his motorcycle and shimmy his shoulders when he walked, you know what I'm saying? And he moved his lips. He was he was a, 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 a sexy dude, you know, doing his thing. Prince, I can't hate on Prince. And he was messing with Apollonia. The, man, back in the day when I was a kid, she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Dang! Woo! She was in purple rain. I remember that time when she uh he saw her naked. She pulled her titties out in the lake. I forgot the name of the lake. Y'all know it. 
Man, I've never seen a woman that fine in my life. I mean, every woman that I've ever seen that was that fine, that was his girlfriend, Vanity, Apollonia, Sheila E. You know, all these exotic looking women, man. And his, his, uh, Least attractive woman back in the day was Carmen Electra. That's his least attractive woman. Prince was the man. So she never seen Purple Rain. And as a kid, when, you know, after Prince shot his, you know, after his father shot himself, and um, Prince was going through the, you know, little music, tearing up the little, his, his, his father's music sheets, and he didn't even know his father even wrote music. He's tearing it up. And he, he was so feminine when he was tearing it up, but it was so funny. I mean, it, it wasn't funny then, but it's funny now when you watch it. He's tearing it up like a little girl. <laughs> Breathing all heavy. And then he gets to, the, you know, a song. And he starts looking at the music. And he's like, wait, these are mute. this is music. And he actually started playing a song. And the song he started playing was Purple Rain. And he started practicing on the, on the piano. Um, when he played that song in the movie, you know, he went up to Wendy and Lisa. He was like, this is the song, you know, they've been working on. And he kissed, you know, he he started playing. He was playing the music because it was a whole thing. That, you know, they was like, you only want to play your music. You don't want to play ours. You want to take it seriously. So he, he gave him a shot. He was about to get fired from his job. And he played Purple Rain. And his father passed. I mean, his father didn't pass. He got shot in the head. He didn't die. His father got shot in the head. He shot himself. And his mother was, you know, was going through it. The domestic violence situation. And this girl, Apollonia, she left him. He kind of pushed her away for Morris Day. She left him for Morris Day. His whole world was falling apart. So he played Purple Rain, dude. And, uh... Some of the lyrics, you know, I, I knew I could never steal you from another. Oh, man. It, it's such a shame my friendship had to end. Purple rain, purple rain. And then this dude, he started playing. He took the guitar, man. He started playing the guitar. And anybody who's seen this movie, they remember Prince was crying through the guitar. When he was hitting that that. When he had that solo and that gets in the purple rain, he was crying from the loss of his father, from the, you know, the, his father being in the hospital, his mother, domestic violence situation, Apollonia leaving him, the loss of her. He was crying through the guitar, dude. And I was sitting there feeling every second of this movie. I was like, damn, Prince, this shit is dope. Then he put the guitar down and ran out, ran to his bike. He was pacing back and forth because he was just like, I lost it all. And he didn't he, he didn't know at first. And then he, he noticed that the audience, the crowd on the inside was screaming, cheering for him, cheering for him. Then he went back in, dude. He said hi to the girl who had a crush on him the whole movie. And, you know. He never really noticed her. She had a crush on him the whole movie. She was crying. He said hi. And she was just like, wow, hi. You know, it was dope. It was pretty cool. It dope. Purple Rain was a dope movie. Then he went outside, man, grabbed a tambourine, 
And he did a little mini concert at the end of Purple Rain. Dog, that movie was the shit. That movie right there was the shit, man. And my wife never saw that movie. So we had to sit down and watch that damn movie. We had to watch Purple Rain. I had to let her see it. I don't know how she never seen it. She's black. She's from Detroit. I don't know how she haven't seen this movie, but we I made her watch that movie. And you know another movie I made her watch? Because it was an important piece of my childhood, The Last Dragon. I made her watch The Last Dragon. Well, one of Prince's girlfriends is in it, Vanity. I made her watch The Last Dragon, man. She'd never seen this movie before. And it's funny, because when I first moved to town, L.A., that's one of the first celebrities I saw was uh, Bruce Leroy. And if you've never seen this little movie, man, it was in the 80s. Go check it out, dude. Google this movie and watch it. It'll, you will love it. So I saw Bruce Leroy. He was at a poetry reading. And I looked at him. I had a double take. I was like, wait a minute, man. You Bruce Leroy? He said, yeah. I said, show sure enough. And he bust out laughing. Show sure enough, you know, something, you know, black people would be like, sure. sure. What's show? Like, show sure enough? Like, for real? Show sure enough? Like, you telling the truth? That's what it is. Show sure enough? Like, yeah. That's what it means. So, um, but it was a character in the movie. His name was Show sure Enough. His name was Show Enough, and dude, this dude was a beast. Show Enough was the man. He he, his karate was sloppy as hell. You know, I watched it as an adult. Me and my wife, we watched it, and when she finished watching it, she was like, "That's a cute little movie." But man, when Bruce Lee Roy, you know, he was a big fan of karate, Bruce Lee. You know, in the current days. And he walk around in a little karate uniform on. I forgot what they call it. I forgot what they call it. You know, he walk around with a little karate uniform on, with a kung fu hat, looking ridiculous. Cause you know, in New York, his father and him owned a pizza place, and he was a weirdo. And he never been with a girl before, cause his whole life been like karate and weird. Nice looking dude, you know. And my man met Vanity. He kind of had a crush on Vanity, but he didn't know how to approach it, though, because he was weirdo. You know, like, if you think about it right now, if you see a black dude walking down the street with a um, karate thing on, gi, I think it's called a gi, with a karate gi on, with a kung fu hat, you'd be like, look at this old weird ass dude right here. You wouldn't think nothing of him. You'd just like, this dude weird as hell, looking like Sub-Zero on Mortal Kombat. Like, he weirdo. And you'd go about your bed. That's how he looked. So anyway... My man, uh, you know, nice, nice looking dude or whatever. He had a little brother that was funny as hell. A little brother was cool, you know. He's like to get to this disco. Like to get to the disco. That was the thing back in the 80s. Everybody liked a disco. And Vanity was the host of this, this disco. But sure enough, dude. Sure enough, you know, everybody, he was going around just, you know, bullying people, just beating people ass. And he was like, who's the baddest? Sure enough. Who's the prettiest? Show up. And somebody said, you can't beat Bruce Leroy. And so he was after Bruce Leroy the whole time, dude. And let me tell you something, dog. Let me tell you something. I love comedy with some heart. That's my thing. I love, if you watch my stand-up, when I'm, okay, if I'm freestyle, a lot of my stand-up is improvised. You know, so my improvising is just silly, funny stuff. But my material, a lot of my material is, has heart. 
it's funny stuff and it has heart. And that's what I'm I'm a huge fan of like uh like Modern Family. It's a funny sitcom and it, and it has heart, you know. I'm a huge fan of that. So um I wanted to on the scene at the end when Show Enough was beating Bruce Leroy's ass. Beating his ass. Bad. Kicking his ass. Um, he put his head in the water. And then he remembered his sensei talking to him. And sensei is a, um, a, your karate teacher. So he remembered his sensei talking to him. And he giving him lessons. He pulled him out the water. Who's the baddest? He wouldn't answer him. He threw his head back in the water. Then he seen Vanity when she was right there. Smiling, you can protect my body, Mr. Bodyguard. Pulled his head out the water. Who's the baddest? He ain't say nothing. Push his head back in the water, and he seen another memory or whatever, and he realized who he was. So he pulled him out the water again. And he was like, "Who's the baddest?" He was like, "I am." And sure enough, was like, "What?" So sure enough, tried to punch him. He grabbed his fist. And he had the glow. Man, he had this glow. Like, show enough had the glow. When you get to a certain level, you know, when you in Kung Fu, you get to a certain level, you had this glow around you in the movie. Not in real life. Don't think somebody, you know what I'm saying? You're like, you're going to think somebody doing Kung Fu. But like, man, he can't, he can't fight. He ain't glowing. I'm talking about in the movie. It's not in real life. So he had this glow on him. And he, my man, Bruce Leroy, he had the glow, and he caught showing up fist, and then he like crushed it, but then he started beating his ass, and I got, I don't know what it was, man, but I got so emotional when he was whooping his ass, I guess it was a lesson there, I knew this as a kid, you know, I think the first time I saw that movie, I was about eight, and I knew it as a kid, it was a lesson there, dude, it was a lesson there, you know, don't forget who you are, no matter what you're going through, don't forget who you are. And if you can remember who you are, you know, I'm talking about the good you. I mean, if you're a piece of shit, you should forget it. But if you're a good person or if you know you can do something, don't forget who you are. Don't do it. Now, I have forgotten who I, who, you know, who I was recently until some friends reminded me. I did. Um, comedy again. I was um, I was on, you know, I'm living in L.A. doing stand-up. And I remember when I was, you know, early 2000s or whatever, I'm doing stand-up. And then I'm just having fun. So I would go on stage without a plan. And I would do a lot of crowd work. But not crowd work, because crowd work is when you ask the crowd a question or you mess with the crowd or, you know. I wasn't doing crowd work. I was doing a lot of improvising, freestyling. And I just go up there with one topic and just make up a whole thing. I used, I used to have so much fun on stage. I used to have so much fun. But then I was like, okay, dude, you got to make it. You have to make it. So if you're going to make it, you have to be more structural. You have to be more, you know, um, you got to take it seriously. That's how I, you know, looked at it. So I started taking it seriously. You know, and I still had, my, you know, my material. So I used to go on stage and do my material, do my material, do my material. And it was cool. You know, I loved it. People thought, you know, people, 
thought I was really funny. Um, but then some friends reminded me of who I was. And they said some things to me, man, that, that touched me. And they was like, dude, I mean, you know how you, um, I heard some people talking about me as if I wasn't there in a good way. It was talking about me as if I wasn't in the room. And it was like, man, I remember when he did this and he did this. And I remember this. And, oh, man, I remember this. And I'm sitting there listening to these people. And I'm like, they're talking about me. I'm standing right there. And they're talking about me. And they're talking about how I used to touch him with my stand-up. And this one dude actually said, dude, to me, you are iconic. And I was like, What? What? You know, because I was just having fun back in the day doing stand-up. I didn't know, like, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know what you mean to people. And this dude who, you know, this dude now, he's famous, and he said, man, I haven't seen you since, you know, back in the day. And he was like, man, I used to be like, who is this dude? And he, he told me, he asked somebody, is he up there freestyling? And the dude was like, yeah. Yeah, him probably, yeah. And he was like, man, I used to just sit in the back and just watch you, you know, just watch you go at it, you know, and just sit sit down on stage and just freestyle and just kill the audience. And he was like, man, I, I you know, I used, to, I used to love when you used to do that, you know. And he's like, I, I used to see this dude just go on stage about 20 minutes of freestyle. And then his other comedian said, I used to see him do that for an hour. And I was like, what? I forgot who I was. And they reminded me. They reminded me who I was, who I am. And that was my Bruce Leroy moment, you know? They put my head in the water, and I had these thoughts, and they brought me up. And my man was like, who's the baddest? He was like, I am. And... He beat the shit out of show enough after that because he remembered who he was. He remembered who he was, man. People, don't ever forget who you are. Don't ever forget who you are, man. Everybody's listening to this, man. I want you to know, son, you are bad as hell. And not bad in a bad way. You bad as hell. You can't be fucked with. It's something that you do in your life that you cannot be touched I don't care what it is. It could be cooking. It could be basketball. It could be baseball, comedy, whatever it is, writing, drawing, whatever it is, rapping, singing. You can't be touched. You got a gift that you cannot be touched. Don't ever forget who you are, man. Don't ever forget who you are. I'm t it's, it felt like I was born again when they told me who I was who I am and how I and and what I meant to them. See, that's enough that that that's another thing. People don't a lot of people don't hear what they mean to other people. You don't know what you're doing. You're just doing it. You don't know how people perceive you. You're like, man, that's a good job, good job, good job. And that's it. But there's somebody who's looking at you like, I want to be like that. Somebody who's looking at you and they saying, I want to be like this person. 
Because that person is having so much fun doing what they love to do. Don't ever forget who you are. I'm serious. Don't ever forget who you are, man. That's what that movie meant to me. It was a comedy. It was a silly comedy. My man, show sure enough, used to wear, you know, shoulder pads. He looked like a village person, you know, up here doing karate. He, he, he was, you know, he ain't even stretch. He kick his leg and his knee, you know, was, didn't even go all the way. It, was stay, it stayed bent. You know, Bruce Lee kick his leg. It's straight out, like, bow. But my man used to kick his leg like old man leg is all, is all bent. He was a great actor. But he didn't, you know, like, he didn't, he didn't know karate. But it was good enough for the movie. It was a great movie. That, let me tell you something. The Last Dragon is a dope-ass movie, man. You get a chance, go watch it if you ain't never seen it before. It's a great movie. And if you've seen it as a kid, go back and watch it now. It holds its water. It holds, it's, it's still a great movie. And remember what I'm telling you during that scene about Bruce Lee Roy when he forgot who he was. And that water reminded him of who he was, or who he is. Remember that when I'm telling you, to, when you're watching that scene. You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that right there, and just like, just like Purple Rain, when Prince was losing it all, he was reminded who he was. He, was, he got reminded of who he is. And that's when you shine, dude. So a lot of times people think, man, I got to get something to be something. That's not true. You already, you already, you already have enough. You already have everything you need to be what you want to be. You do. You have, you have it all right now. Today. You have it all. Today. You have everything you need to be who you are. Yeah. You sometimes you just need somebody to remind you. And look, because I had some nice people in my life that reminded me who I am. I'm try I hope right now that you listening to what I'm saying that you could be reminded who you are. Stand your ass up. Dust your ass off. Because you the shit. I'm trying to tell you. You are something special. For real. You are. I don't care if your family don't see it. I don't care if your spouse don't see it. I don't care if your boss don't see it. I don't care who don't see it. You got to clear your vision. Because if you don't see it right now, you, your vision is blurry. Clear your vision and remember who you are. You are not to be fucked with. I ain't talking about no, you know, no street shit, no dumbass shit like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it comes to doing something you love doing, not to be fucked with. It's something. It is something that you can do that other people are jealous of or other people are like, hey, dog, I want to do what she doing. I want to do what he doing. I'm telling you. I'm trying to tell you, man, it's somebody who wants your talent. And so there's someone out there, many people probably, who seen your talent and they want your talent. They want it. Good friend of mine told me, man, Earthquake, my dog, 
He told me, he said, the only thing difference between a comedian who has made it and a comedian who hasn't made it is opportunity. They seized the opportunity and they made it. When the opportunity knocked on their door, they answered it. That's the only difference. That is the only difference between where you are and where you want to be. It's that opportunity. No matter what it is, man, get it done. Pick up that computer, write that book, write that script, start that business. You already have it. You already have it. Can't nobody do what you do. I'm serious. You are special as hell. You are. Don't let nobody tell you you're not special, man. Don't let nobody tell you. I don't care. Don't let your mother tell you. Don't let your husband tell you. Don't let no one tell you you ain't special. Because you are. I'm serious. I am dead serious. You are. Uh, that wasn't me with the wheezing. That's this bottle, this new bottle I got. It's kind of, it's pretty dope. I like it. You know, but um, yeah, don't let nobody tell you what you can't do. Or don't let nobody tell you you ain't special. Because you are. Trust me, you are. And you know another movie that did it for me. Um, now, my wife didn't really care for Purple Rain as much as I did, but um, maybe because I ain't tell her what it meant to me. And she thought The Last Dragon was a cute, a little cute movie. Maybe because I didn't tell her what it meant to me. Um, Crush Groove. She never seen Crush Groove, dude. I had to sit a punk ass down and let her watch Crush Groove. Because you can't be my wife if you haven't seen these movies. I had to let her watch these movies. And same thing. The same thing with Crush Groove, man. It was a dope movie. I love that movie, Crush Groove. Run DMC, Fat Boys, you know. They should have had Houdini in it. Um, Sheila E was in it. And um, it was a dope movie, dude. Curtis Blow was in it. It's talking about the rise of hip, um, how Def Jam got their start or whatever. And Run DMC played Run DMC. Russell played, you know, Blair Underwood played Russell Simmons. It was a dope ass movie. And see, uh, it's the same thing when Russell knew he had something hot. And he was, he went to the bank. They said, no, nah. he went to his grandfather who usually loaned him money. He was like, no, nah, not this time. Something, you you know, you got to do what you got to do. Everybody was telling him no, but he kept going. He kept pushing. He kept pushing. His little brother was a rapper, you know, a little group together. You know, they was doing shows. Brother, you know, they was, um, um, they was doing shows and his brother was blowing up and his blood, his brother blew up in this thing called hip hop. And he was like trying to find his way. He's trying to find his way, man. He, he got some money from some shady dudes, you know, and he was beating his ass to get their money back. But Russell never lost sight of, of his dream. 
Never lost sight. He wasn't a rapper. He wasn't on stage. He was just the businessman behind it. The businessman. You know? And his brother wasn't even signed to him. His brother had his own route. He was doing his own thing. And he was a superstar. He was becoming a superstar. And he was doing his own thing. But Russell knew he was supposed to be somewhere in that game. And he stuck with it. And he became the man. He became the man, dude. Crush grew, y'all. Body move, y'all. And it, it was dope. The movie was so dope, man. And and it, it just showed me, like, no matter you know, no matter what you're going through, everybody can tell you no. You know, some people don't even know what you. He was in the, he was in the bank, and they was like, "What is rap music?" And they didn't even know what it was. And, he rapped for him, and they were just like, "No, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> this ain't this ain't music. This ain't real." He rapped for him, him and Rick Rubin. They rapped for him, and they wasn't feeling it. So everybody told him no. Everybody told him no, but he knew he was. He went to you know some loan sharks for a yes because he was desperate. And then his brother paid him, you know, paid his way out of that. And it ended up working out for him. And he made it happen. He made it happen, dude. He he never he never gave up. Even when even when it looked like he should have given up. He got his ass whooped. It's not a lot of people that'll get their ass whooped for their profession. Especially if they don't have a profession. You know? Not a lot of people that'll get their ass whooped. You know, I mean, for this comedy thing, man, I love comedy so much, man. I'm not going to take an ass whooping for it, but, you know, I fight for it. I fight for it. Because I'm used to fighting anyway. I'm used to, not, you know, not no more fists because I'm grown, but I'm used to fighting for what I want. Because I've been told, like Russell, I've been told no. So much, I damn near expected it. You know, I knew when it was coming. That's how I've been. That's how much I've been told. No, I knew it was coming, but I never, like, I never stopped. I never stopped. I, I, I would go on the road, man, and do comedy. You know, headline shows, and my feature can get on stages in L.A. that I can't get on because it's politics. You know. And I, that's a no. Never stop, though. I've written movies, you know. Um, I heard no. Never stop. I directed a movie. Tried to sell it. They was like, no. Never stop. I, written more, I, 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 I uh, wrote more movies. I wrote TV shows. They said no. I never stopped. I shot a TV show independently myself. They loved, they liked it, it's a, you know, they, they loved it or whatever, but uh, it's still in the air right now. But I have other stuff that's going on, other stuff that I'm so happy about, you know. And it's so funny because everybody who is great has heard of a whole bunch of no's, you know. Well, everybody who's shitty has, whole, has heard a whole bunch of no's too. But the, <laughs> the difference is... 
the people who was great has not they they didn't stop with the nose that they heard. They didn't stop because they they believed who they are. They believed in themselves. They didn't lose sight. And even if they even if they did along the way, they got back on track. Sometimes it takes you. Um, sometimes when you're doing something, man, you know, you get discouraged and you lose sight. That's fine. Sometimes you're going to lose sight when you're doing things. That's fine. As long as you can find your way back home. You got to find your way back. Don't lose sight and say, ah, forget it and walk away because you never know what can happen. You lose sight or whatever, even if you've been... Let's say you lost sight five, ten years ago. It ain't too late. It ain't too late. I mean, unless it's like I want to, you know, you want to play for the NBA or something, something like that. Then, yeah, you can't, you know, be no thirty-five-year-old rookie. Um, but you can coach. You can train. You know, you can do something else. It's not too late, man. It's not too late. Mm. Yeah, it's not too late to do what you do. It's not. So, like I said, um, don't ever forget who you are. You know, because whatever God you believe in didn't make no trash. He didn't make nobody that's, you know, he didn't make no well, I know some people who you look at and you think they, they might be trash. True. But we all got options. You have the option to be trash. And you have the option not to be. Nobody is just here to be trash. You got the option to be great. Everyone has the option to be great. If you choose it and go for it, you can do it. You can do it, man. You can get your blue your your Bruce your Bruce Leroy on. And somebody asks you who's the baddest, you say, I am. And watch your ass start glowing. You get your purple rain on. And you when you did all the diversity you've been uh, all the adversity. I said diversity. Hell no. All the adversity you've been faced with. Do whatever it is that you do. Pick up whatever you do. Either that paintbrush or that spatula. Or that computer, you know. Pick up whatever you need to do and cry through your work. Put the passion in your work. And then pace back and forth by the motorcycle like Prince in Purple Rain. You know, I'm telling you, it's going to pay off. And when it does... When it pays off, let me tell you something, dude. You looked them people in the eye that thought you wasn't shit. And all you say is, excuse me, or hi. Don't shit on them. Even though they shitting on you, don't look at them. Don't shit on them, dude. I know you want to. Don't shit on them. Because you know what? Your success is enough shit. Your success 
and you ignoring them is enough and it hurt worse than you turn into them and cursing them out. Trust me. Then you turn into a motherfucker and say, bitch, you should have believed in me. I knew I was going to do this and I knew I was going to be that bitch. You should have believed in me. Nah, you don't need all that because then they got something to talk about. The best way to do it, like Prince did, stop, look at her, say hi, and then walk away. Mm. Purple rain, purple rain. Man, I can't sing, but if I could, damn. Purple rain, purple rain. <laughs> no, seriously, though, my, it's, and, you know, my wife was like, why are you making me watch these movies? Why are you making me watch these movies? Because they, um, they move me. Those movies, those movies, like, people have, like, People have other movies that move them. Like they, people, you know, talk about the color purple, you know, how it moved them, and movies like that or whatever. How you know how things change them, but it's always comedies to me, man. Comedies always. A lot of comedies have made me cry. I've I've shed tears watching comedy, not because I was laughing, because of the heart. I was talking about their heart. It's a thin line between laughing and crying. A thin line between laughing and crying. And I, I, I cross that line a lot when I'm on stage, when I'm talking about um, real stuff. You know, when I talk about the police, real stuff. When I talk about health, you know, on stage when I'm talking about stuff like that, I cross that line a lot because my funnier, my funniest jokes, material-wise, my funniest jokes is the stuff that almost made me break down, the stuff that has almost broken me. I ain't gonna say broke, broken me because bent me. I say that my funniest jokes is the ones that bent me, the ones that had me shook, the ones, the experiences that I went through. That you know, knock the wind out of me. Those are my favorite jokes. Those are my funniest jokes. Because I turned that drama into comedy. I did a prince move. Father shot him in his head. Shot his father shot himself in the head. Apollonia, him and Apollonio wasn't working out. His mother domestic violence situation. All he was losing. His position at the job he was at, the the, uh, the club he was on, he was working on, he was losing his position. His whole world was falling apart. And he poured all that shit into his music, to the song Purple Rain. So whenever I'm going through some stuff, bad stuff, I pour it all into a joke. I turn that drama into a joke. And I pour it all in there. Because I've had... You know, police brutality, the, the, the police brutality that I've dealt with in my life has made, some of us made me cry. Some of them, I, I just sat there and just broken down and just cried hard because of what the police did, you know, a few cops have done to me. And I talk about it on stage now. I don't get into detail 
on stage because sometimes it still messes with me, you know? Sometimes it's still like when I think about it, how many times I've, cl- I've come close to death because a cop was just being an asshole, especially to someone who n- never broken a law. He was just, he just wanted to fuck with me. Like I was a kid. You, you fucking with kids, dude. You walking around fucking with kids for the hell of it. And then you went on about your business. You put, you know, you traumatized. Uh, you know, you traumatized the people. And then you went to lunch. Like, hey, fuck it. You put guns in a 14-year-old face. Because I was outside. And you thought I should be in school. But you didn't know that I was coming out my mother's office. I was with my mother. But you didn't see my mother. And you just put guns in the 14-year-old's face. And that made sense to you. Crazy shit. So I talk about the the police jokes um, are powerful on stage. And they're funny. Um, health jokes. I poured all the stuff I went through. You know, I poured all, I poured, I poured the stuff into my comedy. So, yeah, you take your adversity, dude, and you pour it into your work. Not your job. Not your job. I'm talking about your passion. It's a difference. Your job is something you got to do to pay your, your rent. Your passion is something you should do. Your passion is something you need to do to be who you are. And that's to be who you are. And that's what you need to be reminded today. Don't forget who you are. Go back to go back to your essence, who you are. Go back to who you are and what you're about. Because that's when you're at your best. That's when you're your happiest. Seriously. Thank you for listening, man. To another episode of Allen AF, where I keep it real, real as hell. And go go watch those movies I said. Go watch it. I'm about to actually later on the night. I'm gonna put on one of them. You know, I don't know which one. I may do Purple Rain. I may do The Last Dragon. I mean, yeah, The Last Dragon, Crush Groove. I got other ones too, but. Those three right there, those three movies right there, man. And it was all black films too. But those three movies right there, they they uh they did something to my childhood. They did. You know? So thank you for listening again to Alan AF. Man, y'all be safe out there, dude. Y'all be safe, cause things can change in a second. There's people who had houses before the hurricane days before the hurricane and now they don't you know what I'm saying as somebody who you know left their house this morning to go to work they ain't gonna never make it back home so y'all be safe out there dude don't take this thing don't th- don't take this thing for granted don't don't take this for granted man love your loved ones I'm Alan Talk to y'all soon. There it is.